0: And Father, we desire that that name would be lifted up in our hearts, our lives, and in our midst. Father, may His words be said tonight. May His deeds be done. May His glory be made manifest. Lord, help us. Help us, Father, get this job done. Even so, Lord Jesus, we bid thee come. Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Lord God, people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well good evening everyone. And welcome to our midweek service Word and Spirit and so we greet each and every one of you. I always look forward to to these uh, Tuesday nights because we can get a different flow than we do Sunday mornings. I mean on Sunday mornings as a pastor you got to serve soup. You know what soup is? You know you, you have broth. I mean a oh, baby can can partake of broth. You got your vegetables and you know and you get little chunks of meat but not too much because if you had too much, it'd be stew, you know. And so and that way, everyone can be fed. But on Tuesday nights, we can get into a little bit more steakier, <laughs> meatier stuff, and and also allow uh, for uh, manifestations of the other offices to be in operation as the Spirit of God wills. And so it's always good. Plus, it allows uh, some folks from the other churches to come. We're just so grateful to have you here. Some of my workers that we sent forth and never came back, we still welcome you home. <laughs> Praise the Lord um where do we want you to turn um how about this turn in your bibles to the book of hebrews chapter 13 and eventually eventually we'll get there this semester of word and spirit uh we may mention we have newer folks with us all the time that uh we're doing things a little differently in years past, we would take one or two subjects. Uh, normally, it'd be one because before COVID, you know, I'd be traveling and there'd be conferences, and it, it'd be hard to get one subject in the semester. But uh, during COVID, of course, uh, there was times we had almost 13, 14 weeks that I was home, which is rare, and we were able to maybe get two subjects covered uh, during the semester. But uh, something I've been wanting to do for a couple of years, it just seemed good and we're able to do it now, is not necessarily uh, pick a theme for that semester, but just hit topics that come to my heart and topics that I feel that the Lord would have me communicate not only to this church and the family churches, but to the body of Christ. Uh, You know, things that uh, really need to be shared that uh, usually they don't get shared, but it'll help you. And, uh, you know, give you a better understanding. And uh, the last uh, four weeks, we looked at a subject that I called The Prophet, Preferences, and Personality. And the whole theme of that short study was just simply this, that God uses people. And not every manifestation, demonstration of the Spirit of God is 100% God because God uses people. Uh, I made mention that, uh, you know, growing up, we, we had well water, and man, you can't beat good old-fashioned spring well water. I mean, it's pure. But uh, in our old uh, farmhouse, they used galvanized pipes to pipe it in. And every morning, uh, when we turned on the water, that water would be brown. And uh, was the well water brown? No, it was picking up the flavor of the pipes. And we'd have to let that water run uh, for a while until you got the, the clear water, and then we, we drank. We learned to... To work with the water. And the same thing with spiritual gifts and manifestations and, and services and moves of the Holy Ghost. Uh, really a lot has to do with the minister and the people. And we kind of looked at those dynamics. Uh, I don't know about you, but I, I thought that was uh, you know, something that needed to be shared and maybe brought some clarity. Then you know we looked at personal prophecies, that all personal prophecies need to be judged no matter who they are. Brother Hagin, who was probably the foremost prophet of the land, he, he missed it. He, he said he did. And uh, for 12 years, he misinterpreted a vision that the Lord gave him. And he would very often say this, even if he prophesied over a person, don't believe it just because I prophesied, you judge it. If it doesn't bear witness with your heart, throw it out. Don't bank your life on it because, uh, you know, I, I can miss it. And so if he can miss it, we all can miss it. And, and we looked at a mature way. Of, of looking at these things, if, if someone does miss it, you don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. You know, does that mean I stop listening to Brother Hagen? And uh, then we looked at scriptures. It, it talked about don't despise prophesying. Uh, don't quench the spirit. And then we looked at why would people quench the spirit? Why would people despise prophecy? Uh, abuse, misuse, maybe too much human flavoring in the operation. And so we, we looked at those things. We looked at uh, ministries. And I'm I'm glad I got it out last week about how churches are conducted, how services are conducted. Um, The Bible says this in the book of Hebrews, every house is built by some man. didn't say by God, but by some man. Of course, he that builds old things is God. God is initially uh, the author of it, but man builds it. And so every church is different because it's built by people. You even take the family churches, which we all have one vision, but every family church is different. They do their services different. There's a different flavor, a different flow in each church. Why is that? Well, it's built by a man, and that's how God designed it. And so not one is better than the other, but it's built uh, primarily to be conducive to the gift that will be mainly operating in that church. And uh, I, I may mention this uh, you know, even in my operation of spiritual gifts and prophecy, because I'm clerk, I'm very straightforward, I don't have a very big vocabulary. I'm a man of few words. Uh, whenever I go for a walk with my wife, she goes, I go for a walk and she goes for a talk, and I just listen. You know, I, I say very few words, and she could tell you that. But she's visiting her, her mom and dad in Tennessee. Uh, and so, um, and the same thing, if I prophesy, uh, it would be very short and direct. But you get someone else who maybe is more sanguine or maybe more detailed would actually uh, would give a message, the same message, with more clarity, with more details. Again, it's how the pipes are used. And uh, just to recognize these things. And, and if you know anything about my services, um, I, I do not like fluff. You know, there's nothing that bothers me more than fluff in a church service. You know, let's worship God. And if the announcer goes too long, we have a meeting in my office afterwards. You know, we streamline it. We, we get up, let's take care of business, take care of the offering. And the primary reason we're here is for the hearing of the Word of God and the move of the Spirit of God. So as you notice, my services are very cut and dry. Then, you know, within 10 minutes, I'm preaching the Word. But man, if I have to wait an hour to preach the Word, I get antsy. And if I go to conferences, it's an hour and a half before anything starts happening. The announcements is at half an hour, the offering's 20 minutes. I'm going, my goodness, let's get out of here. <laughs> but does that make one right above the other? No. You know, some people enjoy the fluff. You know, to them, the fluff is the, the spice of life. Well, to me, it's like, I don't like that spice, you know? And so and so we, we bring these things out just to see uh, that uh, we're all different and not one is right does that mean the way I do it is right it 's right for me. <laughs> but uh, I go somewhere else and they go an hour and a half and you know before the the message and, and so forth well that that 's right for them and so just to recognize you know these things that they they are the flavoring of men That's that 's how a man builds and so we we had some fun and uh, hopefully it enlightened you but uh, uh, we we could. We could, of course, go further on that, but I, there's there's several things I want to get across, and uh, um, and tonight I, I want to pick up another subject, and for a lack of a better title, I say that because, you know, I do put a title, but you know, I, I I just I vary quite a bit, even in my mentoring class. You know, sometimes I'll take an hour and a half to answer one question, and I say this when I answer questions like an airplane landing an airport, he just doesn't go right in for a a landing. Many times he has to circle the airport and make wide circles. And a lot of times when I'm on a subject, I I want to take a wide circle. That way, not only do we get the answer, but we get a whole lot more in anything close to that subject and get understanding concerning it. And so for a lack of better title, uh, I, I want to start tonight at looking at responding to leadership. Responding to Leadership. Now, that's a chloric title. <laughs> if you want a more melancholy, uh, sanguine title, it'd be uh, scripturally responding to spiritual leadership. And so, responding leadership works for me, but we're, look- we're looking at the Bible, scripturally and to spiritual leadership. And just kind of an introduction tonight into these things. I don't know how many sessions we'll use. We'll just kind of follow our heart. But um, we understand that the Bible teaches that God places leadership over people. Uh, one of the things that uh, is very strong in the Word of God. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read Romans. If you can join me, eventually get to Hebrews 13. But in Romans chapter 13, verse 1 and 2 out of the King James Bible, and if you've got that scripture, young man, if you can put it up there, we'll just see if uh, we got a a newbie up there. uh, That way everyone can join in. It says this in Romans 13, 1 and 2, Let every soul be subject to the higher powers, for there is no power or authority but of God, and the powers that be are ordained of God. Whoever therefore resists the power resisted the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Um, and again, in Romans 13, there's several more verses that talk about uh, being subject to the, in King James, higher power, or we, we know this, uh, civil authorities, or what we would call government. And it's very interesting Uh, contrary to some people's belief that government, civil authority was set up by God. Yes, it is in the Bible. It says, let every soul be subject to to civil authorities, for there is no power or authority but God, and the powers that be are ordained of God. And so government, leadership in government, isn't a man-made idea. It was a god made idea. God set it up. Now, it would do us well to sometime take a look at this because we, we can just look at this and, and have a, a very lackadaisical approach. Well, God set it up. You know, God rules in the kings of men. He puts one up, puts uh, another down and we just kind of sit back. Well, we got to understand that uh, we're given rights to work within that system. That's why we have in First Timothy uh, chapter two. First of all, supplication, prayers, intercession to be made for all men, for kings, for all in authority. Was it talking about civil government that we might lead a quiet and peaceable life? And so, even though God has set it up, our prayer life and our involvement helps channel that in the right direction. And Satan would seek to use the very authority that God gave us to bless us, to to wield his agenda, and so that's why it's important uh, not to be uh, just lax about this, but to be very aggressively praying, of course, voting, and, you know, get involved as the Spirit of God leads you. But simply what we're looking at here is this, that it tells us to be subject or to submit to civil authorities. Why? Because civil authority, government authority, was set up by God. Now, what is very interesting, along verse one, comes verse two: Whosoever therefore resisteth the power or authority resisteth the ordinance of God or what God has set up, and they that resist shall receive in themselves damnation. And so, you know that that's in the Bible. That is written to Christians, and this is, this is And I, I, I've had people say, well. You know, you're not to submit to ungodly government. Uh, you, know, um, you know, our government's bad. We don't need to do this part of it. But you do have to understand in the day that Paul wrote it, they throw Christians to the lions and they crucify Jesus. They were very against uh, Christians. But yet, uh, Paul said to, to be subject. And that's why, you know, sometimes we, we good to, to look at this and uh, to look at how far do you be subject? To it Uh, a good way to look at it of course um, and we we taught this no I can't get I can't say this because some of my class has not taken the test and therefore I'm going to give them the answer so um, but let's let's reroute that that we are to submit to government authority as long as it doesn't violate our conscience we are to submit ultimately to the Lordship of Jesus so if, if the government says it is now outlawed to be a Christian, how I many know I'm still going to be a Christian? If they outlaw preaching the gospel, I submit to God. So I'm still going to preach, but what am I going to do? I will submit to their punishment. Send me to jail. Lord, I'll get a prison ministry. The Word of God's are not bound, you know. And so to, to be subject to that and to receive it as a mark of honor. Remember the apostles, when they were whipped and beaten, told not to preach for the gospel of Christ would they say they, they went out with joy counted worthy to suffer shame Amen. for the name of Jesus and so you know those things would, would help us and bless us and so like anything you have to be balanced but here it says whoever resisted the civil authority or the government authority um, resist what God sets up if you're anti-government you're anti-God and uh, Uh, Let me zoom in. If you're anti-government, you're anti-God, according to the Bible. And here, the Word of God says that if you resist uh, what God has set up, notice what it says, they receive to themselves damnation. Now, what is damnation? That means judgment. And so, you know, responding wrong, uh, dishonoring those in authority, you know, I mean, we, we, we could camp right there. You know, how many Christians dishonor the, the previous administration because they don't believe and make fun of them and so forth? You've you got to be careful about that. Because, uh, you know, you can open the door to judgment by being dishonorable towards the government and people in government. And so it, it would do us well, and I think it would profit the body of Christ to, to look at those things. Again, there, there's balance in there. But uh, the Bible says mouth two or three witnesses. And so 1 Peter chapter 2 in verse 13. It says this. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. Whether it be the king is supreme. Or unto governors or to them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers. For the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God that well-doing you may put the silence ignorance of foolish men. Again just to, as an introduction here we're reading about civil authority. And the Bible tells us to submit to leadership. And notice it says to every ordinance of man. That means any, any law that man has set up. And then Peter here tells us what he means by kings as supreme like ultimate ruler, governors, you know hierarchies in government and we have that we have presidents we have governors we have mayors and so forth and if they have laws those are the laws and ordinances of men and what does the bible tell us to do challenge them protest them no he says to submit to them again this is under a very rigid rule that they were under i mean life and death for christians and yet the word of god uh, tells to to submit to such, submit to such. And uh, he, he says this is the will of God, submitting to civil authority. And when we do right by submitting to them, it says we, we shut the mouths of, of foolish people, foolish men. What's that mean? Well, to be like Daniel. Daniel's a perfect example of how you ought to respond to uh, government. You, you do understand that Daniel was taken captive when, when he was a young man. Nebuchadnezzar came and uh, judgment fell on Israel and was carried away from his homeland. And Daniel served under several ungodly administrations. Yeah. And you see that he only had respect for them. He, he worked in their system. He, he worked within their rules and their laws. And, uh, and, and he helped them. He helped those governments he was counselor to them and each one was different and uh, and we read this they could not find fault with Daniel except when it came to his God and that ought to be the same for us that's why how we put the the uh, the silence ignorant foolish people that when they look at our lives they look well we're not obeying this law we're not obeying that law we're bad-mouthing our government we're we're just doing this or that well you you're, you're you're bringing judgment upon yourself. Well, here it says it's the will of God that you be like Daniel, that, that you help, and, and, and you're just a, a model citizen, except you cannot cross the line of violating your conscience. Remember when there's a law you, you, that they couldn't, they couldn't pray to anybody but the king, and when there was those laws, they still, they still obeyed God, but what did they do? They submitted to the punishment. In one case, those three children were thrown in, young men were thrown in the fiery furnace. Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. They submitted to to the punishment and God delivered them. And so, um, again, as an introduction, but some of this needed to be said because I I wanted to dive in into this but the Lord wanted me to give utterance to these things. And so, here in these two scriptures we see that number one God set up civil authority and God tells us to submit cooperate and respond properly to civil authority and if we fail to do so even with civil authority if our, our, our attitude our actions are wrong it can bring condemnation or judgment upon us and so um, I want to now take that and look at is there spiritual authority over us? We know there's government. It's very clear that there's government. We, we have our marching orders. We have to give honor to them uh, and, and so forth and watch our words and our actions be a, mo- a, a model citizen and, but we cannot vi- violate our conscience. But is there spiritual authority set up by God over me and what is my response to that authority and so I want to look at these things and so now I gave you all that time to find Hebrews chapter 13 Hebrews 13 so is is there spiritual authority set up over us what does the Bible say about it? How do we respond to it? How do we work with it and, and try not to work against it? Can, can we bring judgment upon ourselves by failing to recognize the spiritual authority over us? Well, let's just look at the Word of God. In Hebrews chapter 13, and verse 7, I'm reading out of the King James Bible. It says this, obey them... That have rule over you, and submit yourselves. Now it sounds pretty much the same thing you said about civil authority, doesn't it? For they watch over your souls that they may give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. And I'm going to use this just kind of a golden text. We'll, we'll start right here whenever we we, st- we go on the subject. And so here, again, we we see a response to authority. We see to obey them that have rule. So that means there's someone that that has leadership over us. And it tells us that we are to submit ourselves. Now, what kind of leadership is this? Well, I I don't know about you, but to me it's very clear that it is spiritual leadership because it says it watches out for your souls, your spiritual life. Now, uh, civil leaders, watch out for your civil life, you know, your, your, you, you know, your citizenship and your rights and privileges. They, they have rule and they, they should be watching out for your, your national life or your, your, your state life and so forth, civil things. Well, here, uh, God has given us the same charge to submit, to obey over spiritual leadership because they, they watch over our souls, And so, of course, we can't just base it on one scripture, but uh, we're going to look at more and more scriptures. And what I want to do is just simply look at, of course, first of all, is there spiritual leadership? Um, How are we to respond to spiritual leadership? Can we get in trouble with the Lord if we don't respond properly to spiritual leadership? And one thing I want to look at is staying in the middle of the road concerning this. You know, every, and I'm so grateful for Brother Hagen, the middle of the road. You know, because there's some, some folks that have accused, you know, certain camps of hero worship. You hear that a lot. I always find people that use that are full of pride. Whenever our, anybody I've heard that come out of a mouth of, they, they lack humility. And so that what they, they perceive as hero worship is, is a lack of their, their humility. And we're going to show you in the Word of God. It, it, it takes humility to submit to someone. Yes. Yeah. An arrogant person points out faults and, and, yeah. and, and you know mistakes and has excuses and, and abuses and so forth like that. And so these are some things the Lord has been dealing with me to, to be sharing. And so eventually, with your help, we'll get to those things. And so I want to see what is the middle of the road because you, you, have, you have a whole lot of folks that have no honor no respect. The, the, nothing uh, about spiritual leadership. They're, they're American. They do their own thing, their own say, and they're, they're, they're way out of balance over here. But can it go to the extreme? Can you over-honor? Over can you over-esteem a ministry? Oh, absolutely. And I'm going to give you a chapter and verse of that. You know, Paul said this. That I wrote these things that you should not go Above that, which is written concerning me, so Paul, even when it came to his life and his leadership, he says, no don't, you can 't take it farther than in what 's written, and so I want to look at those things and, and find out what what is a good, healthy response to these things and so um, so hebrews thirteen seven we are to obey and submit ourselves, just like civil authority. now you remember in Romans 12 where it says whoever resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God and they that resist shall receive themselves damnation of course that word's judgment so here we're to submit and obey spiritual leadership they watch over our souls is there any repercussions for failing to do so well let's just not go beyond what is written let's just look at what is written here Okay, so let's look at this. Obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch over your souls, as they that must give an account. They have to give an account of your life spiritually. That they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for who? You. You. And so here we get a little inkling that how you respond, how you submit to the spiritual leadership in your life affects your life, whether it profits your life or not. And so, um, but, but notice this, and I, I find this very interesting. God wants you to submit to them and, and, and obey them, you know, and of course we're going to look at that, you know, uh you know a, a a true leader is an example a, tr- a true leader is not a lord over God's heritage but an example and first peter we'll, we'll we'll get to that eventually not probably not tonight and just kind of look at the 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 heart of a true leader but um here it says you know j- just like marriage God tells the husband his job and the wife her job here he he he's talking to those that are under spiritual leadership. and says to submit and obey them. And it says this, that they may do their job with joy. So, here it's God's will, and we're going to see why that is, that God wants a spiritual leader to enjoy His job of watching over your souls, of taking care of you. You know, and, uh, you know, what, and so, it, it, you, you very much want your spiritual leader to be joyful. <laughs> there, there's nothing worse than a pastor that, that drudges his sheep, that just, oh, this is such a drag, those miserable. First of all, he shouldn't be pastoring to have such an attitude. Uh, a good shepherd gives his life. Every pastor, oh, I think this sheep is the best. And if not, he, at least have good enough faith and love to say it in faith and love. And s- <laughs> yeah. But also, there's a balance to it. You know, is there any weight why he's drudging it? Are, are folks giving a hard time? Are folks criticizing? Are folks taking good care of them financially? Are folks uh, getting involved in the ministry of helps and so forth? But notice, this is the Bible. This is command of God that God wants spiritual leaders to carry out their assignment with joy and not with grief. Uh, can a leader be grieved? Well, yeah, of course. You know, uh, you know, uh, folks just causing trouble, uh, being dishonorable, and so forth over the years. You know, not very many, not very many. And again. I would never use an illustration of anyone that currently comes to church. So I've said that. Once you leave church, you're free game. But rarely, rarely does anyone bring me grief. Has there? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Just always question, you know, and always defiant and, and so forth. And, and just grieve the Spirit of God. And, you know, there are certain people, it's sad to say, you just can't look at them when you're preaching you just can't because you see what's in their soul and their heart and it's, it's dark and even though they're Christians for many many years and you can see their, their attitude uh, towards you and, the, and they fail to realize this and we're going to see this, their attitude towards me is their attitude towards Jesus and yet folks don't see that and that's, that's true for, for anyone and we'll give you chapter and verse for all of these things and so here it says, if you've got a spiritual leader, your job is to make sure that they're happy about, they're, they're serving you, their leadership over you. Notice it says that they may do it with joy. Who is he telling that to? He's not telling it to the leader, he's telling those underneath the leader, you make sure that your spiritual leader is doing their job with joy, not with grief. Why? For that is unprofitable for you. Now that's the Bible. You know, I'm, I'm grateful. It doesn't say concerning civil authority. It's, yeah, Jesus. No, this is talking about spiritual authority. It says um, you've got to make sure that uh, they're, they're doing with joy, that you, you're doing everything in your power to, to help them, be a blessing to them, you know, support them, and they, they're just thrilled to, to be serving you. But, it, but if they're not, that's not good for you. Okay, so our response to leadership affects our life, not only whether we obey the Lord or not, but it affects the quality of our life. Now, I study that word unprofitable, and, and don't get me wrong, I, there, I wanted to go somewhere, you know, I, I wanted to go somewhere quick, you know, my personality, but, you know, it's that he slows, always oh, slows me down, he says, you got to get these details, And we'll eventually get to it. um, I studied the word unprofitable. It literally means of no advantage. No help or special benefit. That um, if our leader is not joyful in how we're serving and, and responding, that there's no advantage to us. No help, special benefit. Now, we we see this scripturally when Jesus went to his hometown. The people of Nazareth received no advantage, no help, no special benefit when Jesus came to town. Mark 6, 5, we all know that. And he, Jesus, could there do no mighty work save that he laid his hands on a few sick folk and helped them and healed them. And so very few people receive benefit from his ministry now why was that well the bible is very clear in verse 4 and jesus said a prophet is without not without honor except his own country among his own kin in his own house so even lord jesus christ as a spiritual leader went to his hometown he was not honored as a spiritual leader and there was no profit for those receiving from his ministry Again, just scriptural laws. Yes. And see, that's why whenever, whenever uh, we go to church, we ought to be receiving something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and if you, you go to church and say, you know, I, I just, my pastor's so dry, so dead, I haven't gotten anything from him. Come on. Come on. Come on. You just read your own mail there. The reason he is of no advantage or she's no advantage is because of your lack of honor for them. Yeah. Oh, I, I got to tell you the story. Again, these people left, so they're free, they're free uh, for these illustrations. You always got to watch those people that come to your church and have a God experience. You know, they, they, they come in. And their tears in their eyes. God touches. Oh my God, I've been looking for a church like this for years. Oh, where have you been? Oh, did, this, this church has changed my life. I just mark, no, they're gonna they're gonna betray me. Just watch. <laughs> yes. And so they came and and man, they would pat me on the back every service. And I think this went on for maybe nine months and a year. Then about a year, this they said, Pastor, I just need to talk to you. I just, I, there must be something wrong with you, pastor. You, you just, I'm not getting anything out of you anymore. And, uh, you know, I've been noticing these faults in your ministry. And actually, I got a list of 15 things that I think that you really need to change to get this church. Because I tell you, I, I, we're, we're, of course, she's, she, this individual, we're, we're not getting anything. Well, no, she wasn't getting anything. Everyone else was getting some. But she wasn't. Why wasn't she getting it? Because of her heart towards me. It was not profiting her. Now again. These are not natural laws. These are spiritual laws. Here Jesus himself. Whether he was honored or not. Determine if they got anything or not. And you know. And so. Uh, we, we have to see these things. Now. Um, now you know. Of course that's why. You know, Jesus said a prophet is uh, not without honor except not without honor except his own country. But this is true for every apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. There's a gift on each one of these things, and you know, like the pastoral. If you're not getting anything from your pastor, well, you you need to check on your heart concerning that. Well, no, he just he just or she isn't just. <gasps> Yeah, if, if God can use a donkey, God can use your pastor. The Bible says, to a hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. So you, when you say you're not getting anything, thing, uh, number one, you're showing your heart, and number two is that you, you lost your passion, your hunger for God. Yeah, so, so you know, the, these things, they just bring clarity to all of us. Now, of course, I, I'm preaching to the choir here. You guys come on Tuesday night, but... There are multitudes out there that need to hear my voice. And so, hello, welcome. Please don't turn me off. This is to help you, not hurt you. And of course, this is why we teach you. Again, it's proper honor. Do you call your pastor, pastor? Not Joe, Sally, Sue, Tim, Bobby. Because uh, if you don't honor that office, it it won't profit you. And so, again, that, that... that is soundness. That is not hero worship. That is not exalting. Because Jesus, because he was not received as a prophet, uh, he couldn't do anything. And we're not above our Lord. We're not above our Master. Now, are you ready for something? Okay. If we resist civil authority, we bring judgment. Very clear. If... Our leaders aren't, aren't joyful. We're causing them grief and sorrow. Uh, it is unprofitable for us. And so we've been looking at of no advantage. But, you know, I just had to do it. I had to study this word unprofitable out. And uh, it's twofold. It does mean no advantage, no benefit. Well, you want to hear the other definitions of them. Hurtful. Harmful. Yes, and these are Greek study books. Deplorable circumstances. And even one or two says fatal for us. Fatal. And so, we probably like the first definition better. But we have to bring this into the picture. Why is that? 1 Corinthians 11 tells us, you know, when you turn there, for this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. And we know it's not talking about natural sleep. It's talking about sleep and death, premature death. There are causes why people are weak, sick, and die prematurely. There's causes. And this is a cause. This is a cause here, that, where it says it's unprofitable, that uh, it, it can be hurtful for you, harmful. It can open up to wrong circumstances in life. And, and in some cases, it could even be the cause of a premature death. Now, again, precept, an example, you know, mouth or two or three witnesses. Is there any references? Are there any examples? Do we see this in the Word? Luke 19. Of course, we keep it in New Testament. We don't dare bring up Moses. <laughs> but it was very interesting. You read, read uh, the book of Hebrews. It, it, it says that Moses had the church in the wilderness and, and referred a lot to how Moses did church and, and so forth. And uh, it was very interesting under his church administration. Whenever the people caused him grief or God grief, it, it, it was, unpro- let's just say, it was unprofitable for them. <laughs> Deplorable. Circumstances, yes. Death, yes. (laughs) All right, Luke 19, starting with verse 41. And when he, Jesus, came near, he beheld the city, and he wept over it. All right, is Jesus joyful about his ministry there, or is it with grief? grief? Grief, okay. Saying, if thou hast known, even thou, at least this day, the things which belong to thy peace. Peace is profitable. Actually, that word peace means nothing broken, nothing missing. It, it just didn't mean, ah, everything is well. I mean, every spirit, soul, and body, prosperity, peace, blessing, benefit is in that word peace. So Jesus was saying, I've come to bring you Benefit. But now they are hid from your eyes. For the day shall come upon thee that thy enemies shall cast a trench about thee, and compass thee around, and keep thee on every side, and shall lay thee with even the ground, and thy children with thee, and not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. Um, do we need to comment on that? Jesus was a spiritual leader, was sent for their benefit. They didn't receive that benefit. They didn't recognize him. They didn't honor him. And because they didn't respond to him, days are coming that thy enemies... What is that? that? That's judgment. We could say hurtful, harmful, and deplorable circumstances came upon Jerusalem because they didn't receive the ministry of Jesus. They didn't respond. He did it with grief. Well, as always, whenever you use Jesus, you know people get religious, saying, "Well, that's Jesus," and you know they they very often put a, Jesus in a class by himself. When, when it comes to being God, He is a class by Himself. When it comes to His life and ministry, the book of um, Philippians chapter two tells us that He became a man. He ministered to the man. That's why He could do no miracles until He was filled with the Holy Ghost, anointed the Holy Ghost, just like we can't. And so his ministry was as a man, and you can see spiritual laws and learn spiritual laws. But uh, sometimes people can't take that step. And so does this apply to ministries today, to others? Well, let's just see what Jesus had to say about it. Matthew 10, verse 40. If you can go ahead and put that up there, Matthew 10, 40, just for the sake of, of time. Now, Jesus said this, he that receiveth you, what? Receiveth me. And he that receiveth me receives him that sent me. Very clear. Jesus said, if I send you, if they receive you, they're receiving me. And if they receive me, they receive the Father. He that receives a prophet, notice again, in the name of a prophet, that means you recognize that office when you receive a pastor in the name of pastor, not by Joe, Dick, or Sally, but in the name of. You, you honor the, the mantle, the office that's upon them. And notice what will happen. Shall receive a prophet's reward. That's a blessing. That's a benefit. Remember? Obey them that rule over you uh, because they can do it with joy because God wants it to benefit you. And so there's a reward with every ministry office if we receive it. He that receives the righteous man in the name of the righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Whoever shall give unto you a drink of, uh, unto you a drink of one of these little ones, a cold water, only in the name of the disciple, barely I say, in you shall know lies lose his reward. But Jesus says this very clear, and it bears meditation. And that's why you want to be very careful to ever speak against a, a ministry gift, whether you agree with them or not. Because Jesus said, You know, whoever I send, you'll receive as you receive me. God gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And he gave gifts. How I many gifts are benefit? And each gift there, there is a reward. We understand the prophet's reward in the Old Testament because that was the only ministry gift. But there's, there's an apostle reward. There's a prophet's reward. There's a teacher's reward. There's an evangelist's reward. There's a pastor's reward. It, it's the, the operation they're ministering in your lives if you receive them as such. But Jesus said if you receive them, what? You receive me. You give honor to them, you give honor to me. And so here we, we see how, how we treat, how we respond to a ministry gift, according to the words of Jesus, is how we treat Him. And I cannot say it enough, and the Spirit of God keeps bringing it up, and that, and that goes even if you agree with them or not. Yeah. You know, Brother Hagen said this the reason why he could live long because he never spoke against another person, never spoke against another ministry. He never led to another ministry's downfall. Yes. Even if they'd done wrong, he, he said this. He said this, if, if, if folks started a rumor that I killed my grandma, I wouldn't go out and refute it. I, I wouldn't go challenge it, you know. And uh, there's been many ministers that have done wrong, and, and he said nothing, and that's why he lived long. Yeah. But there, there's so many that just have venom come out of their mouth. And you've got to be careful about that. And I I want to get to this eventually in the series, if the Lord will let me, is I I want to to look at eventually how to respond to your leader when your leader's wrong. Yeah. I told my boys, goes my girls too, that God will test your heart by the weakness of your leader. See, your, your leader will have weaknesses and Satan will, will use those weaknesses for you to challenge him, to, to, to dishonor him or her and so forth. And what you do with those weaknesses will show what is in your heart. And many people have, have ruined perfect opportunities to be like David. Remember when Saul threw spears at David. David said, I, I wouldn't say anything against God's anointed. He could have killed, killed Saul. Sure. He, he could have responded. He could have Twittered. He could have Facebooked. He could have Instagrammed. He could have spread, had little private meetings, and grabbed people for lunch and talk about it over and over and over and over again. No, you said this. I, I'm not going to say anything against God's anointed. Because David knew judgments of the Lord, not of David. And that's why it said that David had a heart after God. But you know what most people do is, bless God, you throw a spear at me. I throw a spear at you. And not only that, I'll keep throwing spears. I'll get other people to throw spears at you. I'm, I'm going to uh, undermine your ministry. I'm going to reprove, rebuke your ministry. I'm going to do that. You're going to die early. Yeah. See, judgment of the Lord. You know, the Bible says, Who art thou to judge another man's servant? you know Kenneth Hagin had that that beautiful beautiful example that's why I love brother Hagin you know he was pastoring and for a, a denomination and they had a, like a corporate meeting you know where all the churches come in and their 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 director was preaching and one of the ministers had gotten in trouble and, and literally legitimately maybe had a moral failing yeah. and uh the 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 uh, District director was preaching and was preaching against that person without using that person's name. And after the service, some brother Higgins member says, The message, brother and so-and-so, you know, he was preaching. Was he talking about that pastor that you know what? And he said, Yeah. Well, what do you think? Well, he's director, he's bright. Thought nothing of it. He went. Went uh, to visit his in-laws and uh, went to go to bed, and he went to turn the lights off and kneeled down by his bed, and all of a sudden the lights were brighter than than the new day sun. And the, the word of the Lord came to him, the audible voice of the spirit says, Who art thou to judge another man's servant? Who art thou? He says, I'm not judging any man's servant. Three times, who art thou to judge another man's servant? I ain't judging anybody. And says, so, "Didn't you say such and such about so and so?" Chris Brother, goes, "No, I didn't. The district director did. I was just repeating what he said. When you repeated, it was paramount as you sang it. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. Right. Repeating, repeating offense. Wow. Yeah, that's good, huh? That's good, Pastor. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And he said, from that time on, I refused to say." Anything about anybody, and, and they were wrong, they, they were in a moral failing. Jesus wasn't very happy with it. And Sam, so I want to talk about these things, especially to Americans, because you have such dishonor, and you know, in folks fail. You know, young people, if even if a boss is hard to work for, they just quit and, and they don't realize they have an opportunity. To grow in love, to submit to the... And and the Scripture says, not just to to the gentle and nice ones, but the hardened and forward ones, that with your suffering, you glorify God. You you develop your love walk and your character. And to have honor to a dishonorable person. Yeah. But that's why there's no great voices among young people anymore. Yeah. But anyway, I got to get real back in. But we want to talk... See, I wanted to get right in that. But we, we, we're building, you know, doctrinally on this. First Samuel 2.30 says this, They that honor me, I will honor. They that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Of course, we know honored, weighty and heavy. Preference, deference to God. Well, I love God. I love God. I give honor to God. I love you, God. God says, how do you treat my ministers? How do you treat spiritual authority? Well, they're idiots. I don't need them in my life. No, that's how you honor me. Yeah. Yeah. How you receive them is how you receive me. And of course, despising means to dishonor, to treat lightly, insignificant. Okay. Okay. What happens when we fail to esteem the spiritual leadership that's sent to us? Well, again, let's doctrinally. We're just going to foundationally, doctrinally, then we'll build before we, we meddle and sweep it clean and do major heart surgeries. Matthew chapter 10. Again, can we trust the words of the Lord Jesus Christ? Matthew 10. Twelve, and when you come to a house salute it of course he's sending out his disciples remember he said they receive you they receive me and the house be worthy let your peace come upon it but if not worthy let your peace return unto you I wish we can comment on that that there are spiritual laws there (laughs) that uh, that uh, that ministry gifts have, that they have something called peace. They, they can, and how many know it's a benefit? You know, and, the, and you know, this applies to in the individual house, but this, this applies when you have a guest minister in. They come into your house. They bring something. But here, you have to prove worthy of it. Jesus said this. Not worthy of the person, just worthy of the honor of esteem that God has sent them. You know how many? You know, Jesus. Can I say this? Yeah, but I'm trying to discern. Remember, the personality. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on. yeah. Come on, yeah. like like we we have miracle crusades, yeah. and so very few people come. Yeah. You know, yeah. Doctor Webb will be here. Yeah. And and what percentage of the famous churches will not be here? Yeah. See, they are unworthy of peace, according to God. Not only am I if you have to work and stuff, but you got balance. But you're sitting home and watching the Netflix series. You know, you, you honor those things above someone that God has sent. Someone's got to say this stuff. According to God, you you have to prove yourself worthy of that peace. Yeah. But anyway. And whoever will not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart out of the house or the city, shake off the dust of your feet. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable in the land of Sodom and Gomorrah. In the day judgment in that city. That's New Testament. We know what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. Was that profitable for them? No, no that was deplorable circumstance. That was death. Yeah. Yeah. And here Jesus said. If I send someone. And, and they, they don't think any about it. They, they, I have nothing to do with that. It says, Sodom and Gomorrah is going to have it easier than you. Jesus said this. All right, we'll, we'll just let that stand. All right. How many will give me about five more minutes? So I got about, okay. So judgment can come. It, it needs to be said. See, for this cause, there are people that keep coming to prayer lines, prayer lines, they won't get, they, they won't get healed. They have too much dishonor in them. They're not worthy of the peace. They are violating spiritual laws until they correct themselves. You know, and they can't seem to connect the dots. Well, someone's got to show them the dots. I'm showing them the dots. So, God says civil government, judgment will come if you fail. Spiritual, he says unprofitable. Jesus wept over Jerusalem. Jesus told his followers, shake off the dust. It's going to be better for Sodom and Gomorrah if they don't receive you. So judgment can be twofold. Ready? All right. Judgment, of course, number one, you'll have to answer to Jesus for your actions, your attitudes towards your church, towards your pastor, towards ministry gifts, why you didn't go to church, and all your ideas aren't going to stack against him. You know, a lot of people have excuses, and I wish I had time to show you what Jesus thinks of excuses. Yeah. There, there's a parable, and I teach this when I teach Bible school students. Remember, a, a king had a great feast and bid many, and they all in one accord began to give excuse. Well, I, I just, I got a new business. I can't be there. I, and I love this one. I just got married. You know I can't. They all seem legitimate. But what King says is, they're unworthy. Jesus calls on excuses unworthy. And how many times people have excuses? How many know this is not pastoral food? Yes. So we, we stand at the Bema seat. Here, we, we know this. Uh, okay. Okay. You know, the book of Ezekiel, um, the Lord says, I'll cause the tongue of your mouth, your, your tongue to cleave to, to your mouth. What was that it says? He was unable to speak. Sometimes the Lord will do that. I'll just freeze up and I won't be able to talk. And you know, I've learned you listen because he wants to say something to you. Yeah. And so I was going about to say something and then he said something to me and we're going to stop right there. Because um, I have a tendency, I'm, what we're going to be talking about next, he doesn't want me just to throw it at the end. He wants me to have plenty of time for it. But, you know, uh, about judgment and, and to talk about those things. You know, judgment that comes for, for dishonor and uh, causing grief. And, and there's some other things as well. So, we, and plus the whistle just went off. Ah, Jesus. Master. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Ghost. And help us to talk about these things. Yeah. Thank you, my Master. For the past couple of weeks, we've been asking you to pray. Trust that you are. Um, Very interesting, last week, an angel of the Lord came into the service right at the end of the service. And I I may mention that, um, and I say this in the fear of God, but part of my ministry, I'm supposed to be working with angels as I minister but there's some things i can't get into unless people pray him out. and so he came but i was unable to to do what i'm supposed to do. just just wasn't there and so we we got to learn to to cooperate with that. and i need help with that. ah uh, yes yeah